0: Welcome to Cardiff City Church podcast. We're a Pentecostal church in the centre of Cardiff, dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today as we listen to a word brought to us by our pastoral team. Well, good morning, City Church. It's so great to be able to welcome you to my home. I haven't had guests for three or four weeks now, strangely enough. So you are very welcome here It's amazing to be tasked with the honour of opening the Word of God with you this morning. Before I do, just quickly want to honour Pastors Dominic, Catherine, Stephen, the staff at City Church, the worship band, the techies. Thank you for all of your hard work in putting this online um, Sunday series together. We love you, we appreciate you and we appreciate all that you are doing. So this morning, we're continuing with the theme, Restorer. Can I encourage you, if you've missed out on any of the talks in this series, to visit the City Church um, YouTube channel and listen to these messages online. You really don't wanna miss out on the gold that is coming out of this series. Restoration is a recurring and overriding theme in the Bible. So we've been spending time looking at Jesus being the restorer of souls, body and spirit. And we've acknowledged that for some, restoration is instantaneous. Whereas for others, it's more of a process or a journey that either comes to its conclusion here on earth or ultimately and definitively in heaven. Make no mistake about it, there will come a time whereby God Will make all things new day revelation 21 assures us where there will be a new heaven and a new earth where God will wipe every tear from our eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will have passed away and that's a brilliant truth to bear in mind as we consider the restoration of lives in the here and now. So my role this morning is to look at the restoration of joy. That actually being in a relationship with Jesus means that we can know great joy even in times of great pain. Pain, whether physical or emotional, is tough. It's so hard and sadly none of us are exempt from experiencing it Not even Jesus. Even before Jesus came to the earth in human form as a baby, Isaiah prophesied that he would be a man of suffering and familiar with pain. That he would take up our pain and our suffering. We know that Jesus was acquainted with grief. John chapter 11 tells us that Jesus wept upon hearing of the death of his friend Lazarus. We also know from Luke's Gospel that Jesus experienced anguish as he knelt down on the Mount of Olives after the Last Supper and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood Falling to the ground. We know that Jesus experienced immense pain during the crucifixion. Imagine this, God incarnate hung on a cross made of wood that he had created, shamed, mocked, spat upon, humiliated by men and women he had created. How amazing that we have a God who can not only sympathise with us in our pain, but who can empathise fully with us because he has endured suffering himself. So with those scriptures ringing in our ears, let's take a look at an account in the Bible where Jesus turns pain into joy. I'm heading to the Gospel of Luke. So if you have a Bible with you, maybe switch it on. Or open it up to chapter 24, please. It's a passage that a number of us will have reread over Easter. Jesus, of course, had been crucified and his body laid in a tomb. Women had arrived at the tomb early on the third day, only to find that the stone had been rolled away and that Jesus' body was no longer there. So let's read from Luke chapter 24. Let's just pause there. Here we have two characters, Cleopas and another person who many commentators think may have been his wife. They're bemused, downcast, full of angst, and are chatting over the events of the past few days. Jesus' trial, his crucifixion and his death. They're perplexed, broken-hearted, troubled and are trying to process everything that had been going on. But look at what happens in the midst of their pain and their sorrow. Jesus turns up. They don't recognise him but he is there walking with them. This is such an amazing picture of a beautiful biblical truth. Jesus is with us even though we may not realise it. Jesus walks with us through our pain. He is present in our suffering. We might think he is far away and that he has perhaps forgotten us, but that just isn't the case. This is a template of how God cares for us during the good times and the bad. One of my favourite names for God is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Sadly, it's been demoted somewhat to a title we give him at Christmas, yet it's true of him 365 days a year. During this season of global pandemic, and in fact during any season of suffering, it's really important to remember that God is with us. He is the one who has promised in his word to never leave us or forsake us. He's the one who has promised to be with us always, to the very end of the age. Jesus walks with us through the pain of life, even though we may not realise it. I love how Jesus responds in verse 19 to the question, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know about the things that have happened here in these days what things he says (laughs) now of course Jesus knew exactly what things they were talking of he had been the key protagonist in the events of the last week but of course it wasn't information that Jesus was after it was relationship Jesus desired a relationship with them Jesus wanted them to keep the channels of communication open. In effect, Jesus is saying to them, tell me all about it. You see, God is all-knowing and all-seeing. He doesn't need us to tell him what's going on or how we're feeling, but he does desire us to tell him. That's one of the most beautiful parts of our relationship with him, that through prayer, which after all is only speaking to God, we not only get an opportunity to offload our situations to him, we also get an opportunity to acknowledge our pain and to be real about it with him. As soon as Cleopas and his companions start to talk about recent events, it's as though Jesus has opened some emotional floodgates. Have a listen to verse 20 onwards. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Can you hear the tone of their voices? It's as though they're starting to trip over their words in their eagerness just to verbalize all that had been going on. We had hoped. What a tragic turn of phrase. They'd lost hope. They were disappointed, disillusioned, confused by their circumstances. Things hadn't turned out as they thought they would. I wonder if that sounds familiar to any of you. Pain and suffering can have that effect on us, can't it? We had hoped. I wonder what it is that you're hoping for. What have you been contending for in prayer that hasn't come through for you yet? If that's you, can I encourage you to tell Jesus all about it? Let's allow Jesus to minister hope into our weary souls today. Let's allow him to speak life again into our situations. So where are we up to? Well, firstly, Jesus walks with us through our pain. Secondly, he desires a relationship with us thirdly when pain strikes hold on to the promises of God let's read on this time from verse 25 to see what happens next he said to them how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory and beginning with Moses and, and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus addresses their pain and disappointment by reminding them what scripture had already spoken about him. He's reminding the two people of what he had promised Once again, it comes back to fellowship with Jesus, this time through his word and by his spirit. When pain and suffering enter our lives, we need to remind ourselves to hold on to the promises of God. We need to fill our minds with the truths of his word and cling ever tighter to what it says. For example, we're living through a really uncertain period in history, and maybe you're feeling afraid or fearful at this time? Well, what does the Bible say about that? Philippians 4 tells us, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Perhaps you've been bereaved and grief is weighing heavily on you. Why not meditate on the comforting words of Psalm 23? Maybe you're in physical pain. Why not spend time reading through some of the healing narratives in one of the Gospels? They'll encourage you to keep going, to keep praying and to keep believing for healing. What so often happens in times of suffering and pain is that we dilute our theology in line with the disappointments and the letdowns of the circumstances we're facing. And in doing so, we harden our hearts. We perhaps let unbelief in and struggle even more with our situations. Yet reading the word of God raises the bar by challenging us to view our situations through the lens and filter the truths of the word of god i wonder what would happen or how our situations would change if we were to trade our what ifs for even if what if the words of matt redmond's song blessed be your name were really true for us blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering though there's pain in the offering blessed be your name Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still, still, I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Which brings me to my final point. Jesus restores our joy. Back to verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in and stayed with them. By the way, isn't that a beautiful synopsis of the gospel right there? Jesus waits for them to invite him in. It's just like the gospel. Verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took bread gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? You'd better believe that their hearts were burning within them. Jesus himself had imparted a new fire into their inner beings. They'd received an infusion of hope. They'd seen the bigger picture. Consequently, they were buzzing. The pain and suffering and disappointment and disillusionment all paled into insignificance as the word of God and a personal encounter with the risen Jesus fired them up with a new love and a new joy. How many of us know that it's only by being in the presence of the Lord that we find the kind of joy that gives us supernatural strength in the midst of pain? Jesus is our restorer. He loves to renew us and make us whole. He's the God who turns our mourning into dancing. He turns our sorrow into joy. He's the one who binds the brokenhearted, who comforts and provides for all who mourn, who bestows on us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. The great missionary and theologian Leslie Newbigin was once asked, Are you an optimist or a pessimist? To which he replied, Neither. I believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. I love that. Because in all things, whether we're pessimistic or optimistic by nature, extrovert or introvert, melancholic or sanguine, suffering or flourishing. The fact is Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and that changes everything. The joy of the Lord is found on the road to restoration. That was true for Cleopas and his companion and it's true for us today. Jesus walks with us Through our pain. He desires a personal relationship with us. Even when pain strikes, we can hold on to the promises of the Word of God. Jesus restores our joy. So, this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Maybe you've never committed your life to Him. The Bible says that today, is the day of salvation, which means that if you're hearing and listening to this now, that now is your time to respond. None of us know what tomorrow holds, but we can get to know the one who holds tomorrow. Perhaps you've wandered away from Jesus and are what the Bible describes as a prodigal and you want to come back to him today. I'm also going to pray for you, that you will return into a full And loving relationship with Jesus. Either way, why not make this your prayer this morning? You might want to shut your eyes and repeat these words in your heart as I pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. Thank you that you have great plans and purposes for my life. I come to you this morning to say that I am so sorry for the things I've done wrong. I ask for your forgiveness. Today, I choose to live for you. I ask you to walk with me, Lord Jesus, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, or have prayed it knowing that you needed to come back to Jesus, then well done, well done. The whole of heaven is partying over the fact that today you have come home, to Jesus. So bless you, City Church. Stay safe, stay well, and stay full of the joy of the Lord. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.